And we're back to the Disney World Today podcast. I am your ghost host for the day, Kevin Pope. Hope everyone's having a great day, a great week. Uh, Thank you for coming back and uh, listening to this week's episode. And if you're a new listener, welcome. You know, I, uh, I do this podcast strictly just for the fun of it. I just love talking Disney. And uh, hopefully if you're listening and you enjoy it, um, you know, that, that's all that really matters to me. Uh, whether you're listening to this at home, you know, doing stuff around the house, you know, driving to work in traffic or uh, killing some time at work. I, uh, I hope uh, me talking about Disney for 45 minutes can uh, help you get through the day. We have a uh, interesting topic for today's episode, as you probably saw when you clicked on this. Will Disney ever be the same? Now, what do I mean by that? It can go a lot of different ways. Uh, but, you know, with some of the recent news of the changes that have been going on at Disney World uh, in this uh, hopefully post-pandemic uh, world that we're in now, you know, Disney seems like they're doing a lot of changes. And will it be the same as it was before? You know, if you ask me, Disney was kind of starting to change before the pandemic and everything shut down, but we're going to get into that. It's going to be fun. All right, here we go. Your attention, please. The Walt Disney World Railroad, now boarding for a scenic trip around the Magic Kingdom. Board! You know, for this episode, I'm basically just going to kind of go over, you know, the changes that have been going on at Disney um, and, you know, my personal opinion, Disney's just not the same. You know, I don't want to be negative. It's This isn't a negative podcast, but I think it's it needs to be talked about that, you know, Disney's changed throughout the years. And then we'll end the episode with my top five things that I miss about Walt Disney World. And then, instead of the question and answer uh, for this week, I asked you guys on Instagram, what do you miss most about Disney? And I got a lot of responses, so we'll go through those and talk about those. But it's going to be fun. You know, like I said in, in the intro, you know, Disney and the world, everything shut down, and, you know, things have not been the same since. But if you ask me, Disney was starting to change before the pandemic. And some of these some of these changes, it just seems like, they were almost like thankful, like, okay, wow, we got to shut down for a little bit. Now we can do this. Finally, we can do this. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting perspective, interesting topic. You know, to me, Disney as a kid, it was a magical place. It was immersive. Uh, everyone was so happy. It's, you know, and as, as I've gotten older, it's still a magical place. I call it the happiness bubble. You know, you go to Disney on vacation and you lose track of the time and the day. And, you know, everyone you, you talk to is in a good mood for the most part, unless, you know, your family in the hot sun yelling at each other. But, you know, like, like the cast members and stuff always greeting you and have a smile on their face. And, you know, Disney's a place like when you're standing in line, you interact with other people. You know, other families, other people in line, and you make small talk, you make jokes. Everyone's in, for the most part, everyone's in a good mood. You know, that's what I love about Disney. You know, I walk around and I feel like a different person. I'm very talkative. You know, I make small talk with people I don't know. 
you know, whether if they're, you know, if they're wearing like a, a Cubs hat, I'm like, oh, make small talk. They're from Chicago or they're a Cubs fan or, you know, waiting in line and you overhear them talking about something. Or uh, a lot of times if you see someone like wearing like a, a shirt you like or a souvenir, you know, you ask them where they got that. Like when you're in Disney, it's just, like I said, a happiness bubble. And it's still like that. Don't get me wrong. It's still a magical place. It just seems like the leadership right now. I don't understand. I mean, I do understand it's about money, but the direction they're going worries me a little bit. Uh, some of the recent news that we've had uh, just this week with uh, Disneyland Paris has gotten rid of their complimentary Fast, Pla- Fast Pass Plus service. So obviously at Disney World nowadays um there's no fast passes currently they stopped they stopped the fast pass service during the uh the shutdown and the pandemic you know it's been a few months now and they haven't brought it back and with with the new paid fast pass service coming to disneyland paris there's a good chance it's going to be at walt disney world and disneyland very very soon now, of what I can understand, you know, um, if you've been to Universal Studios Orlando, I know they have their own Fast Pass system. I don't remember what it's called, Flash Pass or something. It might be Six Flags. But basically, you pay, you know, a flat fee and you get access to the Fast Pass lines for most of the rides. I'm pretty sure, like, the Harry Potter rides, like, you can't use it or, like, the new Jurassic Park coaster. You have to wait in line or virtual queue or something. But you pay, you know, it's pretty pricey, but you pay it once and you can go up, you know, use the fast pass lines as much as you can. Now, of what I understand from some of the articles I've read, the Disneyland Paris service is a little different. It's more of a pay per ride system. So, for example, let's say Space Mountain, you don't want to wait 120 minutes, you can buy a fast pass for. I don't know, you know, five, $5, $8, let's say $8. And you get the fast pass access just to Space Mountain, just that one ride. And if you want another fast pass for Thunder Mountain, guess what? That's another $8. And, you know, I don't know where else like they have that system or if this is something new that Disney's doing. I'm very interested how that's going to work, especially at Disneyland Paris. You know, they've been hurting for... Uh, attendance and money at times. So I wonder how that's going to work there. But the sad thing is, if they brought that to to Disney World, people would use it. Especially if it's a reasonable price. If it's a reasonable price, uh, people are definitely going to do it. Like, I will say, though, there's probably like a tiered system. So uh, I would be totally shocked if it was the same amount of money uh, for a fast pass for Space Mountain as it was for Dumbo. You know, it might be a tiered system where, you know, Dumbo's $5, Space Mountain's $10, you know, et cetera, like that. But, you know, think about, like, when you go on your Disney vacations, like, how many days you go for. You know, if I'm at the, if I have a six-day park pass, you know, even if it's, like, five, eight bucks, like, that adds up. Like, in a normal year, I'm going on Space Mountain, like, five, six times a trip. You know, same with Splash and Thunder and Pirates. Like, the old way, like, you were able to do all the rides you wanted pretty much as many times as you want. Minus, like, maybe, obviously, the Star Wars and 
uh, maybe like Pandora, the Pandora rides. But I am not a fan of that. I don't care what anyone says. You know, they're starting to charge us for literally everything. Um, you know, back in the day, they used to justify their resort prices. You know, their their resorts are you know pretty pricey. But they would justify those prices by saying, hey, yeah, the room is expensive, but you get access to free transportation, extra magic hour perks, fast passes. That was technically, they Disney said that that was included in the price of staying on property. What's the incentive to stay on property right now? You don't have to pay for parking? Is that the only thing? At the end of the day, I, I believe there should be perks for guests who stay on property, who are paying top dollar to stay at Disney resorts. You're paying, you know, you're paying a resort fee. You're paying to park. You're paying, you know, extra for food in the in the food courts and stuff. So it's just, you know, it's a lot of the stuff that they do nowadays just seems like a money grab. The uh, the fast pass things got me a little down. Especially because I, I think if they bring it here, I just think no matter what, it's going to stay. I I don't know. I don't see Disney bringing in a paid Fast Pass service and then after you know six months or a year being like, yeah, you know what? We changed our minds. You guys weren't happy. No, they're going to be making so much money. You know, I don't know if they'll even care. You know, someone was posting on Twitter, one of the blog sites, about how there's no Fast Pass and how this is you know this is what it was like in. You know, before FastPass was a thing and like, you know, before the mid 90s or whenever it came out. The thing is, though, you know, and I commented back like, but 30, 30 years ago, 25 years ago, before FastPass, a park pass was like 40 bucks. You know, you're paying $40, you're paying, you know, 100 bucks for a room, $40 for a park pass. You were, you know, you didn't really mind standing in line. Now, park price, park passes are the highest they've ever been. Resort prices highest they've ever been. There's no fast pass right now, so now you're paying the same amount of money, and you're waiting in line, and there, you know, there's nothing you can do about it right now. Now, I guess maybe the only benefit of uh, a paid fast pass service right now is that maybe it would help kind of cut down on these uh, wait times. But it's just not the fast pass. It's you know they recently announced that there's not going to be a uh, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. It's called something else now, like a Boobash or something. The prices on that, it, ridiculous. Like, you know, uh, depending on when you go, I think it starts in like uh, late August, maybe. And the prices start at like $129. And if you go on Halloween, it's like $200. $200? I love Disney. I love the Halloween party. I will never pay $200 to go to the Boobash or whatever it's called. And, you know, $129, still a lot of money. And it's like... I don't know about you guys, but I could not get into a Halloween-themed party in late August. As much as it would be cool to experience, I just I just couldn't do it. But like the Mickey's Not So Scary, I thought was so much fun. It was affordable. They had a lot a lot of things to do. The parade was great. You know, Booty You, very catchy. The Headless Horseman. They had trick or treating. It was so nice. It made me love Halloween again. Going to the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween party. You know, and they also announced this week about uh, the new Christmas festivities. It's not going to be the Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. So they're, you know, they're starting to change things up. Uh, as of right now, there's, you know, um, they still haven't brought back the annual pass holders. 
I don't know what their reasoning is. Maybe crowd control. Maybe they're probably going to bring them back when the summer crowd dies down. But what's going to stop them now in the future of being like, okay, annual passes now are only good from August 15th through, you know, uh, March 1st. What's going to stop them from doing that? They already bumped up the prices on them. You know, that's what I mean by, you know, the pandemic, everything shut down. And it's like Disney's doing all these things, all these changes that might not change back. You know, even before the pandemic, the the park time, the park hours, they were starting to cut back on the park hours. You know, I miss the days going in the summer and staying at the Magic Kingdom till 2, 3 a.m. Uh, they had those special days where the Magic Kingdom was open 24 hours. You know, I'd, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, they'd be open till midnight. Um, I'm definitely worried that they're not going to bring back those those hours. You know, maybe over the summer, you know, you'll still get your Magic Kingdom like Friday, Saturday, open till midnight, maybe 1 a.m. But it seems like it's kind of rare now, whereas like when I was a kid, it was guaranteed like every weekend, at least midnight, 1 a.m. probably it was open till. You know, another thing about Disney that just feels a little little different now it's not the same is the original theming you know they always had characters especially at the magic kingdom and like character themed rides and stuff but they their theming otherwise was great like fantasy land i feel like disney was at its best when it was doing like the original theming you know uh lately it seems like they i'm pretty sure uh you know they disney came out even said I don't know if it was Iger or Chappick or whoever it was. Pretty sure they were quoted as saying, like, I want as much IP, Disney IP in the parks as possible. And it kind of seems like they're going that direction. Uh, I talked about it a little bit last week with the new rethemed rooms at the Contemporary. They're going to be themed after the Incredibles. Um, they released some pictures of the new Moana themed rooms at the Polynesian. At Fort Wilderness, they were supposed to be building a new vacation club that was going to be themed after some of like their wilderness-type movies like uh, Pocahontas, Fox and the Hound, stuff like that. You know, some of the new rides that have opened, the uh, you know Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway at Hollywood Studios, Star Wars, uh, Epcot, we have Ratatouille, based off the movie, obviously. Magic Kingdom, we're getting the Tron coaster, which looks awesome, but, you know, it's based off the movie. I was trying to think, like, what's the last original-themed attraction? Yeah, it's hard to think about. <laughs> um, the one that always pops in my head, you know, because it's a bigger one, is Expedition Everest. You know, that opened, like, 2005 or six. not based off a movie, not based off Disney characters. It's based off real life and... You know, Mount Everest and the myth and the folklore of the Yeti and, you know, people's experiences that go back generations. Um, and that one just feels so real. Like walking through that queue, you see artifacts and pictures. And, you know, even sometimes now I'm like, is that a, you know, is that a real picture? Or is that, did they, you know, is that a fake one that they just added in here to fit the theme? Like, you don't know. Like, that's how good of a job they did. You know, their theming is great, like, you know, with Pandora. Great theming, super immersive, but, you know, it's based off Avatar. And they have the Avatar attractions. I don't mind the the Disney characters and the, the IP, as they call it. I don't mind it when, it when it fits and it seems right. And, 
You know, as long as it's not forced, like Frozen after Frozen Ever After, as much as I hate to say it, I I get it. You know, Frozen is is based off Norway and that you know land and the country, so it kind of made sense for them. Hey, okay, if we're going to redo World Showcase, you know, let's make it based on the movie. We have a movie that's kind of based on Norway. Let's add that in Norway. I you know I can kind of get it. Still, kind of seems like a money grab. Maelstrom great original ride but like i said it kind of fits frozen based off norway ratatouille you know movies based in in france i believe let's add it in france okay i could see that three caballeros in the the grand fiesta tour okay i can see that the one that just kind of seems forced to me is the rumors of uh, splash mountain closing and being replaced by princess and the frog and i you know i would pretty much bet money it's going to be the same ride track where you know you're gonna to be on a boat and you're gonna have the big drop at the end and it just it doesn't seem like it fits like princess and the frog i feel would have fit perfectly in you know you could put it like in adventureland somewhere like where the um the swiss family tree house is you can and build some brand new unique attraction or build like a, a standard dark ride over there like, I feel like that's a movie that would have been a, a really fun dark ride. You could have had a great queue, great special effects, animatronics. It would have been it would have been great. And people wouldn't have hated it because it wouldn't be replacing a ride that they loved. Like, I get why they're closing Splash Mountain because of the controversy uh, of the movie and everything. But I, I feel like Princess and the Frog deserved its own original attraction. They could have done a good job there. Instead, they're just going to kind of you know, copy and paste and just replace the Splash Mountain animatronics with Princess and the Frog stuff. Seems like a kind of a, a lazy way out. You know, Hollywood Studios in general has kind of <laughs> kind of uh, gone through that overhaul of original attractions and stuff and uh, now just being based off Disney movies, you know, Star Wars and Toy Story and Pixar movies and stuff. And it's probably what I miss most is the original theming. It's definitely up there. You know, the, the, I'll always complain about the prices because it's, it is what it is, but I'm just, I'm just worried that Disney's going to lose that magic. You know, I've talked about it with some of you guys on Instagram. Like we've talked, had conversations about how it just feels different and I don't want that. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to walk into a Disney theme park and th- feel like I'm at Universal Studios or Six Flags. I don't want to feel that way. So. That's what I'm worried about. I'm just a concerned citizen Disney fanatic who sees all these changes, you know, happening and is just a, a little a little frightened at first. You know, now it kind of seems like we're in the clear with the whole pandemic thing. There's been maybe a few um, hiccups in the road here. But that's what kind of led me to this topic. Will Disney ever be the same? Because I wonder how things would have been if they didn't have that shutdown for a year. Would they have gotten rid of you know, the, the fast pass plus service, would they have gotten rid of Mickey's not so scary or the Christmas party? You know, I guess, I guess we'll find out. I guess we'll find out now that I'm kind of done venting and uh, talking about, you know, things about Disney that uh, I feel like aren't the same. Let's bring it back and let's do a top five. My top five for this week is the top five things I miss about Disney world. Now everything's on the table. Could be attractions, could be anything in general, could be shows. 
And here we go, number five. My number five, Paper Fast Passes. I talked about, obviously, the uh, paid Fast Pass service that's coming to Disneyland Paris. You know, the current system, Disney Fast Pass Plus, I was never a huge fan of because I just hate having to plan your, you know, vacation six months in advance and having to pick, like, okay, what ride do you want to ride at 2 o'clock on Tuesday the 27th, like, six months from now? Like, how... How are, you, how are you supposed to know what you want to do that day? Everything's so strict. You got to follow these strict guidelines. Okay, we have these three rides, and then we can kind of, uh, you know, ad lib and, and pick new rides as we go. But I just never enjoyed having to decide that so far out in advance. You know, and they would never let you, like, get the good rides all together. They, like, for example, at, like, Epcot, like, they wouldn't let you get Soren and Test Track. You'd have to get... You know, Test Track, and then Figment, and then Spaceship Earth, and then you could get Soren. Whereas back in the day, the face, Paper Fast Pass, like, it was, I don't want to say, you know, it was like a free-for-all. Like, if you wanted to get a good time for Test Track, guess what? You had to get to the park early, sprint your ass across the park, and get a Paper Fast Pass for, you know, 9 a.m. Otherwise, you're getting a Fast Pass for Test Track. Oh, you got guess what? Now you got to come back at 5 p.m. or they're sold out. Like, you had to be there. You had to, uh, you know, plan it out how, you know, how long you wanted to stay in the park. Like, that was what we do. Like, Test Track always stuck out to me because there really wasn't anything else at Epcot. So, that one always sold out quick. So, you know, we'd get to Epcot pretty much right as it opened. And we'd send our fastest, you know, our fastest person uh, to Test Track and Usually, like, when I was younger, it was my mom. We'd give her all of our park passes, so she'd have, like, nine park passes. She'd sprint to Test Track, and she'd get nine fast passes. And what was great about that was, you know, we'd have the, you know, the four kids would be able to go on twice if we wanted to. That was great. Like, especially if we did, like, Rock and Roller Coaster, like, only the kids went on it, and it was just me and my two cousins. So we could potentially, we could go on it three times in a row if we wanted, because we had nine fast passes. It was great. But I missed that. So number five, the paper fast pass system. My number four, I obviously already touched on it, are park hours. I talk about it a lot, but I just miss being able to spend time at the Magic Kingdom and be there on a weekend in the summer until 2 a.m., sometimes 3 a.m. So many good memories. The park would be like, you know, not empty, but empty enough where you could literally ride whatever you wanted but it had like a sense of just quietness to it that was just so relaxing i'll always be able to picture this memory of being at the the magic kingdom in tomorrowland had to be around 2 a.m and we had just done space mountain and then i could just close my eyes i can hear the music and the sounds of the tomorrowland music and the astro orbiter and the people mover going overhead and you got the speedway kind of close by. I'll always remember that. I just have a lot of good memories late nights at the Magic Kingdom. You know, and even like the other parks too, like Epcot and, and Hollywood Studios and Animal Kingdom. You know, when, when those all the parks are open late, like it keeps those crowds spread out and dispersed. Whereas, you know, when when Magic Kingdom's open till one and everything else closes at ten, guess what? Magic Kingdom's gonna be packed. You know, so I miss those. You know, they were already kind of cutting down on that even before the pandemic for whatever reason. You know, they obviously have to pay their workers more and 
work longer hours, but I hope eventually they can bring that back. I remember when I was a kid, my dad used to tell me that he always thought one day Disney would end up like Las Vegas, where things were open either until like 4 a.m. or just 24 hours in general. And there was a while there I would I agreed with him. I thought it could have happened. Because like think about how many times you go to the park, you know, and you get back to your you know, the park closes at ten or eleven, you get back to your hotel at eleven, eleven thirty, and you're kinda wound up, you know. There hopefully the food court's open, you know, you can go down there and get like a dessert, but the pools are closed, like you know, the, the stores are closed. I I always thought it would be cool, like you know, if the if the food courts were open till 2 a.m., guess what? People would be getting food from there until 2 a.m. So many times we get back late, I could go for a chocolate milk or a cookie or, you know, something from the, the food court, but it's closed. And, you know, got to head back to the room and, you know, we have our own snacks. But I don't know. I always thought that would be cool. But my number four, park hours. My number three, this is a big one. I miss MGM Studios. Now, I know technically it's the same thing as Hollywood Studios, but I miss what MGM Studios was supposed to be. It was a, at the time, it was a working, you know, movie studio a lot. Um, but even like once they kind of stopped that, I I loved how it was pretty much dedicated to the movies. You know, I, I just posted something on my Instagram today of uh, when WCW Monday Night Nitro Professional Wrestling was live from MGM Studios. Like, literally the the first shot, they have the wrestling ring set up right at the entrance where that uh, that Mickey kind of uh, tower is. And, um, you know, it's cool to see stuff like that. You know, they actually filmed the movies there and commercials and TV shows there. They had show like, they had shows there that were based on movies and shows like there's an ace ventura show ghostbusters show there was a teenage mutant ninja turtles show and the all the art like the the animation classes and all that stuff like i always found that very cool i love movies one of my best friends is a movie guy a film buff and like just growing up i always thought it was so cool it was unique there was no other park in the world like that universal studios was never like that um you know, even like back in the day, the Drew Carey show, the the Drew Carey, uh, I forget what it was called, but the the attraction, the show at MGM Studios where you'd sit in the dark pretty much and just listen to a show. And it was so cool. Like me and my family still quote that. Um, you know, when they started the transition in like the late 90s, early 2000s, they, you know, they changed the name. But it was still, you know, they had the stunt show. They still had the Streets of America. Um. They still had the backlot tour with all the movie props and you went on an actual tour and then everything started to change. And now it's, you know, um, I like the slinky ride and toy story mania. I'm not a big star Wars guy. So when they, you know, they kind of based that park around star Wars. Now I, just, it's kind of, they lost me there, but MGM studios bring it back. I, uh, I still love referring to it and that kind of shows your age. Uh, when you call it MGM Studios. It's tough to choose the top two, but for my number two, I am going to go with original theming. Now, hear me out here. I kind of think that Disney World was at its best when it was developing new 
rides and attractions and lands that were based on original stories. You know, nowadays when, when something new opens, it's usually based off a movie or a character or something, you know, that Disney owns, some sort of intellectual property that they own. You know, the some of the most recent rides that are new, if we think about it, you know, Ratatouille, the Tron Coaster, you know, Star Wars at Hollywood Studios, Slinky Dog Coaster, you know, the whole new um, Toy Story Land at Hollywood Studios is all based off, obviously, the movie franchise. You know, at Epcot, we're getting Guardians of the Galaxy, like I mentioned, Ratatouille, but Frozen Ever After. It's just, I miss the, like, the effort and attention to detail that Disney had when creating new and original attractions and stuff. You know, I always kind of reference... Arguably one of the best ones, Expedition Everest. It's not based off a movie. It's not based off a Disney character or anything like that. It's based off real life, like folklore and legend, you know, of the Yeti and, and Mount Everest. And, you know, the way it's done is just so good. You know, the, the ride itself and the, the theming inside the ride. But the queue is amazing. You walk through. You're not sure if it's uh, real pictures or if there are fake ones just set up as props. You know, Animal Kingdom has a lot of that great original theming, you know, with their rides, Kali River Rapids and the Kilimanjaro Safari, you know, you know, before Dinosaur became Dinosaur, it was called Countdown to Extinction, and it was great, it was terrifying, it was an original attraction, and then their, their movie Dinosaur came out, and they instantly, you know, switched the theme over to Dinosaur, made it a little less scary, um, and that's just kind of been their MO lately, you know, with the contemporary, their you know, re-theming rooms based off The Incredibles. Polynesian, their re-theming rooms based off Moana. You know, we saw a few years ago Caribbean Beach, they themed some rooms after Pirates of the Caribbean and Finding Nemo. Uh, that vacation club that's supposed to go into Fort Wilderness is going to base, be based off of, like, uh, Disney movies and characters that have to do with, like, the wilderness, like Pocahontas and Fox and the Hound and, I don't know, like, Brother Bear, if that's, uh, uh, if that's in there. I just miss... I don't know, just the, the original theming, like rides like Test Track and Everest and Thunder Mountain and Space Mountain. Like those are some of the best rides, you know, and they're not based off movies or characters. You know, think of some of the classic ones, Pirates of the Caribbean and Haunted Mansion. Those weren't based off movies. Now they're making movies based off of those attractions. So it's just something I miss. It's something that uh, will always have a special place in my heart is the original themed attractions and lands and resorts. Uh, that used to be all over Walt Disney World. And now it's time for my number one. This one, another kind of nostalgia pick, and hear me out here. The number one thing I miss most about Disney World, how futuristic Epcot used to be. Now, Epcot is great. I love Epcot, you know, with Future World and World Showcase. It's super unique. I could, you know, spend hours there either you know, around the world or hanging out in future world. But when I was a kid, Epcot was, you know, what it was supposed to and meant to be a, a futuristic world of tomorrow. You know, I have countless memories of going there and seeing something new, something I've never seen before, some sort of technology that blew my mind as a five, six, seven, eight year old. You know, I've told the stories on here before. I remember going on Spaceship Earth and then, you know, in the exit now, they have, like, some games and stuff. Um, but back in the day, it was, you know, it was different. It was, like, new technology, uh, you know, scientific things. And they had, 
you know, like little exhibits. Like one of them was they had like a giant like phone and you could dial, um, you could make phone calls. It was like a giant cell phone. They had like video calling. They had you know, all this new stuff I'd never seen before that used to blow my mind. Like, you know, they had an entire, you know, section right by Spaceship Earth called Interventions. Now, some of you may remember Interventions in its later years, like, you know, it was still open a few years ago. And it was kind of run down and there was really nothing in there. But back in the day, they had so many cool things in there that I had never seen before. Like, like I mentioned, like video calling things they had, you know, especially back then too, they would have like all the, the video game console set up and you could play like video games that haven't come out yet. I remember going there and they had like the new PlayStation games and Sega and uh, pretty sure they had like Sonic the Hedgehog like a giant Sonic the Hedgehog like statue and like a bunch of consoles like you could play the latest Sonic game. You know, stuff like that I miss about Epcot. It was truly was something that was really futuristic. You'd see stuff you would never, you, know, you wouldn't see at home. You know, maybe you would see like on TV or maybe like a uh, some kind of exhibit, but like in a theme park, like that was crazy to me as a kid. You know, and now, you know, I understand it's probably a little harder to keep updating things, but... You know, they kind of got away from that. It's turning more into just uh, your normal theme park. You know, Epcot back in the day had, uh, it was the Wonders of Life Pavilion. You know, it had a couple attractions in there, Body Wars, which, uh, you know, kind of played into that futuristic theme where the, the ride was based on you, uh, you know, using new technology and you'd be shrunken down to a, a tiny molecule and you'd go inside someone's body and fix like their illness or their sickness. You know, in that pavilion too, they had, um, I remember they had these, like these stationary bikes with like a screen you would pedal and it would you know you would travel through i think like disneyland or disney world you could like pedal through and it would the speed on the screen was relative to how fast you pedaled like it's basically like a peloton now you know or a uh <laughs> like a treadmill with the tvs and it. it was so cool i always wanted to ride those but you know stuff like that i thought was really cool even um you know journey to imagination at the exit of that ride they had a bunch of little booths and stuff and new and cool things like they still have a couple of them now like the you know, the one part in the exit where it's figment you can like make music by just waving your hands like now that's like nothing that's boring to us like i can you can do that at home with like with a wii or with a gaming console but back when that first opened that was amazing how you could just wave your hand and the figment would play music you know they had they had like email booths there which was huge you'd go there and you could take a picture and you could add like stickers and funny you know, texts and stuff, and then you could email at home. That was so huge. That was a, that was a game changer for sure. Um, but I miss classic Epcot. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. That does it for the top five list. Always fun. Always tough. Uh, you know, things I miss about Disney World. I'm sure you guys have some honorable mentions that I left out. But now on to my favorite part, the question and answer. Like I said, this week is a little different. Not really questions. I just asked you guys what you miss most about Disney. Now, this could be 
you know, something from when you were a kid or something uh, recent like fast passes. So I'm just going to run through some of them and uh, we'll end our episode after that. All right. Madeline Thompson, 22 says the great movie ride. Got a few people who said the great movie ride. I'm with you there. I've said it. I'll keep saying it. They should have kept it and just updated some of the movie scenes, you know, and built a separate Mickey and Minnie ride uh, somewhere else. Muggles 81 says currently fast pass. Yep. But all time, the MGM backlot tour, I talked about it briefly. The backlot tour was so cool. If you were a movie fan, you know, you actually got a, a, a tour of all the props and stuff they'd use, you know, in movies, the, the actual props. That was always fun. You know, back in the day, if you want to look it up on YouTube, they actually go onto like the back lot where they film some, some TV shows. I believe they had like the home improvement house and maybe the golden girls house there. Uh, but in later years, they kind of uh, cut the tour a little short. Fit Maris says Ariel's old grotto. Uh, it was always a great place to uh, get a picture with the little mermaid. Zager Ethan says uh, the old Disney must-dos, those classic shows that would play on your TV in the in the hotel room. Sarah Margaret O2 says Maelstrom. Ugh, R.I.P. Dewey Foley 92 says the Snow White ride. Yeah, that was a fun dark ride. That one was really cool. I don't, I don't know why they had to get rid of that. They obviously built, you know, a, a pretty fun coaster, but the Snow White dark ride was always pretty fun. JKU underscore A3 says, attention to the little details that made it magical. That, yep, you know, we've talked about that on Instagram. I'm with you there. Rye, Rye Williams says, 90s Epcot. Ugh, 90s Epcot, man. I'm with you. AGLA France 16 says, Mickey's Spectral Magic Parade and Mickey's Jam and Jungle Parade. Two great parades that, um, like parades like that, I would definitely suggest looking up on YouTube. K Lundy 10 says must do Disney with Stacy. That's a recent one that just got changed. Michaela Joy 04 says wishes. Uh, Allie M146 says how I could afford it. <laughs> yeah, I feel you there. The prices keep going up. And um, unfortunately, I don't think that'll ever change. Champagne 42 says Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Again, another fun dark ride that um, was changed because there was a scene that had a picture of a devil on it. So maybe an example of the first time a ride at Disney got canceled. Grace NME says the Finding Nemo show. That was a uh, really good show at um, Animal Kingdom. And she also says the Christmas lights on Streets America. Yes, the Osborne family lights. If I was making uh, maybe a top 10, it might have been on there for sure. I love that show. That was one of the main reasons why I wanted to go to Disney for Christmas. Colin Phil says uh, the talking trash can. I remember that. A lot of good memories of that trash can. Again, another example of Epcot technology of when I was 10 years old made me like shit my pants. Oh my God, a talking garbage can. Katie B. Peterson says the sky ride. I believe she's probably referring to a Magic Kingdom, like the original uh, Skyliner ride uh, that was in Fantasyland. You know, all those classic like 70s and 80s pictures of the Magic Kingdom. You'll probably see it there. Sunlit K says, I miss Alien Encounter. Uh, a couple of people said Alien Encounter. Yeah, that was where uh, Stitch's Great Escape is or was. And it was absolutely terrifying. S. Elfstrom 14, my buddy Sean says, Old Test Track. Oh, man. Old Test Track. I wonder, if uh, if, I wonder if there'll ever be a point in time where I don't miss it anymore. Probably not. I'm always going to miss that ride. Sassy Leggings says, Clean Bathrooms. I That's worrisome. I'm sorry what you had to see in there. Here's one. 
Jonah Jack says the sorcerer Mickey's hat in Hollywood Studios. Ooh, that's controversial. Uh, a lot of people cried and wanted them to tear that up. Um, so that could show like the great uh, architecture and beauty of the great movie ride Chinese theater, which is now a cartoon ride. But yeah, I, I was always a fan of the Sorcerer Mickey hat. That got a bad rap. And for the last one, Amanda DeSanto says the Hunchback of Notre Dame show. Wow, throwback. I believe that was at Hollywood Studios. Um, now, I don't remember if that's where the Beauty and the Beast show was or if that was somewhere else. But I do remember seeing that show when that movie came out in the late 90s. Well, that about does it for this week's episode. I had a lot of fun talking Disney and you know getting nostalgic and uh, venting a little bit about the current Disney product. You know, it's something I, um, you know, it's something you know I complain about Disney sometimes because I love it and I'm passionate about it. So you know, obviously, if there's something going on, I want to uh, you know talk about it, whether I agree or disagree. You know, I still love Disney, and uh, it's always fun too to get nostalgic and talk about like the things you loved about Disney when you were a kid. You know, the memories you made there. But I want to thank everyone for listening. If you haven't already, if you want to follow me on Instagram, Disney World Today. And if you're listening, you know, subscribe to the podcast, rate the podcast if you can, leave a review uh, on iTunes. Got my first review this week. I want to give a shout out to Dakota04. Uh, I believe he sent me a, a message on Instagram. Let me know he left me a review. I appreciate that. Uh, if you can, leave me a review. That's great. If not, no problem, I'll still be here uh, making Disney content. But until next time, always remember, it all started with a mouse. Hey.